We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. live tonight. Uh, Brother John Terrell could not be with us. He had a computer to crash on him, so they're going to be working on rebuilding that this week, and we'll have him hopefully next Friday at his regular time. We're going to do a program we call Speak My Word. I haven't done it today. Didn't do it yesterday, so I better get on board. And again, I want to encourage all the women of God out there to grow your hair Once again, long, which is your glory. Don't cut your glory off. And wear a scarf when praying and prophesying, which represents power on your head. And report back to me on answered prayers. You say, I pray and I don't get answers. Are you praying as God has commanded? Things be done when you pray or prophesy, or are you out of order? I've come under a lot of demonic attack as I stand in the gap. Well, that comes with the territory, yes. However, do you have your shields up? Do you have the scarf on when you pray and prophesy? The Bible says we ought to do this because of the angels. Why do you think he said that? Spiritual beings look down on mankind. Do you think your prayers could be hindered by dark angels who say, hey, that person's in disobedience to the Word of God. I'm going to take a pot shot at them. Probably land a hit. Something to think about. Do God's heavenly angels block your prayers when we're in disobedience to the Word of God? Some believe that to be the case too. All I know is the Word of God says do it. Should we question God? But why? 
you want to question God I'm not going to tell you to do it but be my guest I'm not going to do it God is long suffering not wishing any should perish but at what time is enough is enough with God it was only took one time for Saul disobeying the Lord and he had the throne taken away and it got progressively worse as I said earlier tonight as he continued to disobey God are we under attack because we're mishandling the word of God we don't we take it too lightly people have taken the word of God too lightly right to the graves and the devil took them out in a body bag if they knew Jesus they're with the Lord tonight but not helping the Lord by going early cut down on the prime of their life God had to find someone else to do the job that was intended for you and I to do there's many tales of caution in the word of God there was one young prophet who could have grown to a ripe old age been an old prophet but he died he listened to another prophet who lied to him and was killed there are people that did start out well but they didn't finish the race and they were in the service of the Lord snared by the devil walked into a trap took the word of God for granted didn't, didn't take it at its word you think God made a mistake when he laid out his word for us I don't think so we don't have to understand it all we just need to obey praise God but then they, we got to obey God rather than men I'm going to be held accountable. You're going to be held accountable to our actions, to what we speak, and to the Word of God. Let the Word of God be true in every man a liar. The Word of God will offend. Yes, it will. That's why some have tried to create Bibles that are watered down so they don't offend. They're easily digestible by all. There's some that don't want a bumpy road. They just want a smooth service. We're going to order the whole service, take you from a music performance into a peppy sermon and get you out of there, feel good every week. Nothing wrong to feel good, but sadly, many of those that I'm talking about, there's no truth. There's no power of God manifesting in the services there's no signs that follow them that believe there's not people coming to Christ and repenting which means to make a change anybody can say a sinner's prayer but have you really, have you truly repented have you made a change the devils believe and they tremble but that doesn't mean the demons are being saved a lot of people believe in God but are they going to obey God again that analogy We've got his word. How many open the Bible and read it? And then of those that actually read it, how many are willing to obey it, even less? Several mentions in the word of God in the New Testament where people came forward and wanted to serve God and go with him and get to the next level, but they found some saints too hard and they walked away. Or they just wouldn't do what they were asked to do. 
The rich young ruler comes to mind. He was almost there. But when Jesus said, take what you have, sell it and give the money to the poor, come follow me, he couldn't do it. He walked away into hell. There's others with Jesus, but when he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, they got offended and walked away. Could have said, well, Lord, what do you mean? Delineate for us what that means. They just got offended and walked away. Where'd they go? Jesus looked at the other disciples. Will you too abandon me? They said, where would we go? Where else is there truth? There may be a lot of hard sayings in the word of God. We can pray for understanding. Nothing wrong with that. Lord, help me understand more. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to make a decision. We're going to obey the Lord or not. Comes down to it. Thank God for his mercy. Where we have disobeyed him, God gives us space and time to repent. But there's some things that are non-negotiable. God may only tell you and I to do something one time, and if we disobey, we may not get another chance. And we can be the loser for it. I say he's going to send you to hell. Could. But we can miss out. Disobedience. Killed millions in the desert. They were not allowed to enter into the promised land. Doubt and unbelief. Fear. The fearful will not inherit the kingdom of God. Welcome aboard. By the way, I've got all the shows that we've done up until the one we did just this morning with Ivory Hopkins uploaded for you. They're all free. Everything that we're doing, we're in season 13 now going forward. I'm just putting it up on the main platform, the Podbean archive. But the last 12 years, the bulk of those 10,000 plus shows, that's only going to be available to those that are on my Substack list. So make sure if you want to get access to the vault, and it's free, just uh, register, get on my email list, omegaman.substack.com. Okay, I'm seeing more in the last 24 hours coming on board. So uh, I want to keep repeating that uh, to give you an opportunity to have access to it if that's something you'd like to do. It's free. We're going to pick up on this program where we left off. We're over there today at... 1 Samuel 25. Saul has continued to pursue David, his slaughtered priest, has hunted David and his men down. David could have killed the king, but he knew that would be wrong. He was not going to touch God's anointing. He spared Saul's life even when God put him in his hands. It was a test. And had he filled that test, well, he may not have become king. But he passed the test. There's tests you and I are going to have to pass if we want to get to the next level. 
Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord God delivereth out of them all. God will test us. Trials, it's a test. Tribulation, sufferings, persecutions, okay, that's uh, common to all who are going to follow Jesus, especially in these last days. But temptation, God doesn't tempt anybody. Devil does, though. Devil tempted Christ. Devil tried to tempt you and I because he wants to entrap us. He wants us to fail. He'll try to set us up for a fall. But we can be overcomers if we remain patient, keep the faith. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and love not our lives unto the death. How do we overcome by our testimony? I really think that's uh, what that, that's talking about. Overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome uh, the curse of sin and death. By the blood of the Lamb. We move from death to life. We get born again. Sticking with Jesus till the end. He that endureth unto the end shall be saved and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony because we're going to stand before God one day at the judgment seat and the word of our testimony that's going to be acknowledged before God because Jesus said if you acknowledge me before men I will acknowledge you before my father which is in heaven. If you confess me, rather, before men, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. It means to acknowledge. God will, God will confess. That's mine. They testified for me. That Jesus Christ was the Lord. So we got to endure to the end. we got to go all the way. We cannot allow ourselves to be offended when these persecutions come. When these trials and testings or even temptations come. It is possible to be an overcomer. But we're going to have to get real serious and go all in for Jesus if we're going to make it to the end. Some will be tempted to go lukewarm and fall away and could be to their demise there's no guarantee you're going to come back when you fall away the likelihood is that you will not come back not too many make it back the devil just takes them out he gets them out isolated they walk away from the Lord they're not reading the word they're not fellowshipping with believers not in the house of God when there's an opportunity to be and they just grow lukewarm, cold, indifferent. Like a cup of coffee goes from hot to lukewarm. Doesn't taste good. Got to be hot or cold. Now, I don't like lukewarm coffee. I don't drink coffee at all now, but I'm just saying. I love coffee when I drink it. 
up to about two months ago. But I would either drink it hot or give me an iced coffee. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, it's good iced or it's good hot. But a lukewarm coffee, who likes? Not me. Jesus doesn't either. He wants us hot or cold. Now, if you're cold for Christ, that would mean, you know, you're not living for Christ, but at least you're all in. And God is able to deal with some of those people that are all in. Look at the Muslims that he's saving. He's appearing to them. But, you know, they were all in on what they believed. They've just believed in the wrong thing. God can use them. Once it comes to truth, they're going to be all in for Jesus. Look at these all-in atheists. Mark my words, I believe Jordan Peterson's going to come to Christ. His wife already has, and so is his daughter, Michaela. Pray for Jordan. Father God, pour out your goodness, mercy, and grace on Jordan. Remove the blinders from his eyes. If he needs a road to Damascus experience, give him that. Bless and save him in Jesus' name. You know, I prayed for a friend. I'd say a friend. It was really an acquaintance. Never met him, but we corresponded. Adam Curry, the VJ. He was an atheist. And then blew my socks off when about a year ago, he was on Joe Rogan. He read a book on the case for Christ. Well, I'd been praying for him, and I think some others had too. And God convicted him and showed him the truth, and now he's following Jesus. He's a believer. Because he's serious. Serious about what he believes in. Be hot or cold, God can work with you. But if you're lukewarm, he's going to spit us out of his mouth. I don't want to be lukewarm, neither do you. We don't want to fall away. We've got to build up our faith. That comes through the hearing the word of God, acting upon it. And these signs shall follow them that believe. What is the key word there? Belief. You believe. Believe Jesus Christ is Lord. You believe the word of God is true. You believe the Bible. That is real. In my name they shall cast out devils. I cast out devils. I have faith. I believe in the Lord for the other signs that follow them that believe. I love to have that gift of laying on of hands, gift of healing, but we pray for the sick that they be healed, and God has answered prayers. People have been healed, but I don't have that gift of the laying on of hands, the gift of healing. I'd like to. I've asked for it. Maybe I'll get it later. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you have it. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. It's one of the gifts God gives. Some people got it, and they're not serving the Lord. He's not the love of their life. Some have a calling on their life. They know it. You know it if you got a calling. And some have put it at bay. They've rejected that calling. Or not now. They've spurned it. Well, that calling, God will not revoke, per se. It says, well, let me, let me say it another way. I don't, let me say, actually, it says, the gifts and calling are without repentance. So God placed that calling on you. But whether or not you're going to do anything with it, 
remain to be seen. Many are called. It says few are chosen. They step up, accept the assignment, and then we're required to be faithful. Called, chosen, faithful. The call goes out for salvation to us all. God will choose you for an assignment. And then you're required to be faithful. He called he chose me to speak his word. That's my assignment. Whether or not I get any more remains to be seen, and I hope so. I've asked God to heat me up with some extra credit. But I know this, that's what he called me to do. What has he called you to do? And I know I haven't always done it. And I have done a poor job of it. Like, Lord, forgive me. Has anything we've done here for 13, going on 14 years made a difference? I pray it has. But I'd rather have that attitude than be self-confident and then realize, you know, I'm naked. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. We can all do a better job for Jesus. We owe him better. I know I do. We're going to read the word tonight, 1 Samuel chapter 25. Close this weekend out. Another week has come and gone. Wow. I do praise the Lord that we're building some momentum again. I think that we're getting healthy again as a program in terms of um, show bookings. We're getting more programs put on the schedule. We're current with all the um, uploads. Starting to rebuild again some areas. Praise the Lord. First Samuel chapter 25 is where we're going to start. Father, Yehovah, forgive me of all my sins, known and unknown, back to the very first thought, word, deed, gesture, and action. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I plead the blood of Jesus over myself and my family, over everyone tuning in, their family. We ask you, Father God, to surround us with your warrior angels. Put a hedge of protection, wall fire from Zechariah 2 and 5 around us. Order all of our footsteps, Lord Jesus. Have your way, not our will be done, but thy will be done. God, forgive us where we've fallen short and made some stupid decisions. I know I've done my share of that. Have mercy, God. Deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Bless the words that goes forth tonight in Jesus' name. First Samuel chapter 25. And Samuel died, the prophet. And all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness Paran. Or Paran. There used to be actually a church called Mount Paran. Still pretty big in, in Georgia. I think that was probably taken from this. And there was a man in Maon which, whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. Oh my goodness. I'd like to get Brother Lou's a 
opinion of what it would be like having a thousand goats. He's got some goats, but a thousand, boy, that would be a chore. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. He must have taken them up there, you know, taken them up to a market from time to time. You know, you eat some of them, you sell some of them. He was a mighty man. Now the name of the man was Nabal, uh-oh, and the name of his wife, Abigail. I've got an aunt, great aunt, her name is Gil. Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding, yes she is, and of a beautiful countenance, yes, but the man she was married to, Nabal, was churlish and evil in his doings. And he was of the house of Caleb. So you hear, you're reading the King James. Oh, I don't like these some of these words. I don't understand them. Well, it's not the King James' fault. It's our education deficiency. Let's look it up. Churlish. means rude. In a mean-spirited way, surly way. He's rude. Very mean-spirited. Could you imagine living with that guy? There's people out there like that today. Mean-spirited and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David went out, sent out ten young men. David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity... Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. Now I have heard that thou hast shears, <coughs> shears. Now thy shepherds which were with us, we hurt them not. Neither was there aught missing unto them. All the while they were in Carmel. Ask thy young man, and they will show you. Wherefore let the young man find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day, Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh into thy hand unto thy servants and to thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all the words in the name of David and ceased. They're waiting for a response now. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. He knew who David was. And he was being condescending to him. And he was speaking evil. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed from my shears and given unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again, came and told David all those sayings of Nabal. David at this point is infuriated. David said unto his men, Guard ye on every man his sword, he gave the order. And they girded on every man his sword, and David also girded on his sword. 
And there went up after David about 400 men. And 200 abode by the stuff. You always got to have somebody to protect your rear flank. Unless you move all your troops to the front line and then somebody sneak behind and plunder and take the women folk take your stuff while you're gone one of the young men told Abigail Nabal's wife saying behold David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master and he railed on them he was rude rebuked them but the men were very good unto us we were not hurt neither missed we anything as long as we were conversing with them when we were in the fields they were walling to us both by day and night all the while we were with them keeping the sheep they were protectors guarded now therefore no one consider what thou wilt do think about it very carefully in other words for evil is determined against our master and against all his household for he is such a son of Belial talking about Nabal a wicked man that a man cannot even speak to him he's stiff necked he's stubborn he's rude he's wicked he's also prosperous lest I forget prosperous is not always a sign that God has blessed someone you know Satan can prosper people but they don't get a U-Haul behind their hearse do they and many times their lives are short living cut short and everybody wants to be prosperous Well, I'm prosperous. I'm blessed of God. Not so quick. You might be. All good things come from above, but the fact that you have great wealth doesn't mean that you're blessed of God. Nabal wasn't. He was a wicked man. He just probably worked hard for it. Maybe he had inherited something from his father. Who knows? But don't be so quick to think, well, prosperity is a sign of godliness you think George Soros is godly Bill Gates he's prosperous is he a man of God no he's a son of Belial prosperity is not the whole enchilada money answereth all things that is true And yes, God does give men the power to create wealth. Yes, and God does bless. And he will bless your storehouse as we obey his word, remembering him in the tithe and offering, and remembering to help the widow and the orphan stand in the gap. Bless Israel, and God will bless you. This is all true. But prosperity is not always indicative of your right standing with the Lord or mine.
And Abigail, she knows that they're in trouble. She's going to have to intervene. Yet David and his men, when they get there, it could be a slaughter. Because they've offended David. And he's at the point now, he's tired. He's been chased. He's been accused. He's been persecuted. And now he's being treated very unkindly by this Nabal. Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves. Now there's about 600 people here, plus David, maybe more. Loaf of bread, you can feed a number of people with it. So she's taking taking 200 loaves, two bottles of wine, five sheep, ready dressed. Got some lamb chops for those boys. Five measures of parched corn. And a hundred clusters of raisins. And two hundred cakes of figs. Those taste good. And laid them on asses. Beast of burden. She said unto her servants, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. He wouldn't have allowed her to go, would he? And it was so, as she rode on the ass, that she came down by the covert of the hill, the covert, and behold, David and his men came down against her. She's going up to the top of the hill, and he's coming down. She met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, protected it, in other words, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he hath requited me evil for good. He's repaid me this way. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. There are people that piss against the wall. If you're out in the field, A wall to some people are like a urinal. You ever been into a men's bathroom, ladies? Probably not. I don't know, but they have urinals on the wall. And you piss on, piss against the wall. Been in the bathrooms where it was just uh, like a, I don't know what you call it. It was just a long wall, really. And they threw ice in there and there'd be little water streams going there. Just piss against the wall. That was the bathroom. Ladies can't do that, of course. If you can't piss against the wall, you do not belong in a men's bathroom. And if you do piss against the wall, you do not belong in a woman's bathroom. For those who don't know what a male or female female are. Let me put it like this. If you do not have sperm, you're not a man. And if you don't menstruate, you're not a woman. Or at least menstruate for the time that you're supposed to menstruate. There comes a time where get older and you don't menstruate but I'm saying you know what I'm saying right women menstruate men have sperm just saying for those of you in, in school out there and you're not sure you're confused what is a man and what is a woman 
throw that in there as an extra. So David has vowed right here he's going to kill Nabal, kill every one of his young men too. When Abigail saw David, she hasted, she hurries. She wastes no time. She lights off the ass, jumps off that ass, and fell before David on her face, prostrating herself, basically, or kneeling down, rather, but on her face, bowed herself to the ground in humility, humbled herself, fell at his feet, said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. Let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. In other words, if you allow me, please let me speak something. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. Suppose that's what it means. Folly is with him. Nabal. Interesting that Nabal spelled backwards is Laban. I don't know if that means anything, but just saw that. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou did send. I wasn't privy to this. That went on between your men that you sent my husband. Now therefore, my Lord, as Yahovah lives... And as thy soul liveth, seeing Yahovah hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood, and from avenging thyself with thine own hand. Now let thine enemies, and they that seek evil to my Lord, be as Nabal. And now this blessing which thine handmaid hath brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young man that follow my Lord. And I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid. For Yahovah will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord findeth the battles of Yahovah. She knows who David was, and so did Nabal. His fame went out through the land as being a valiant man, a servant of King David. He would lead the troops in the battle, protector of Israel. She goes on to say, because my Lord fighteth the battles of Yahovah, and evil hath not been found in thee all thy days. Very true. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee, and to seek thy soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with Yahovah thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. She's even prophesying, if you will. Proclaiming. Saying he will be victorious. She's asking for mercy. This should come to pass when Yahovah shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, that this shall be no grief with thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, 
either that thou hast shed blood causeless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. She's saying, you know, let the Lord avenge you. She's not denying that Nabal is evil, a son of Belial, but but when Yahovah shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. And David said to Abigail, he's calmed down now. He's listened to reason. Blessed be Yahovah, God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed blessed be thy advice. And blessed be thou, which hast kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. For in very deed, as Jehovah God of Israel lives, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou had hasted and come to meet me, surely there had been none, there had not, not been left unto Nabal by the morning light any that pisseth against the wall. David would have killed them all. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him, and said unto her, Go up, in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice, and have accepted thy person. He's going to spare Nabal. He's not going to avenge himself. The fight has been averted. We could avert the war over there in Ukraine and Russia right now if we had people that would listen to reason our government and we didn't have the warmongers that we do that are looking to try to dismantle Putin and his power base. He'll never let that happen. So she returned and Abigail came to Nabal and behold he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king. Here David is asked for some food for his men, whatever he might receive from Nabal. And Nabal denies that, and then he decides to throw a feast. Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore she told him nothing. Less or more until the morning light. Not that he would probably remember it anyway. But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal. You ever told people things when they were drunk, had a conversation? They don't remember a thing the next day. They don't remember their promises. She wasn't going to waste her time doing that. But it came to pass in the morning and when the wine was gone out of Nabal and his wife had told him these things, what had just happened, that his heart died within him. He had a heart attack. And he became a stone. And it came to pass after, about 10 days after that Yahovah smote Nabal that he died. So he didn't die immediately. But within 10 days, God killed Nabal. Killed him. God kills. And he gives life. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be Yahovah, that he hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and hath kept his servant from evil, for Yahovah hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail. 
take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. Did David date her? Did he go out with her for six months to a year or three years as some do? Did he go over to her apartment and have a Netflix date? Popcorn and pop goes the weasel? Fall into fornication? Did he go on a tele, uh, go on a Tinder date? Do they still have Tinder? I don't know. I downloaded the app years ago, but I never used it. I was tempted, though. But I knew it would have been my demise. Dating is not God's way. If you're going to date, you better have a chaperone. Get a man and woman together. God didn't give a kill switch on your hormone. Sex drive. Many have knocked the boots, not intending to, but they just became inflamed with passion. But you're playing with fire. Can you take a woman into your bosom and not get burned? Is that what the Word of God says? Better to marry than to burn with lust. Desire. Nope, they didn't do that then. And I don't think it's advisable today. Better have a chaperone. The old days, uh, you go over to uh, the lady that you wanted to court. Go over to her house. Dad would be out there. Mom would be out there with an earshot. And you'd go out maybe couple date with her brother that's the way my grandparents used to do it but they didn't go out single dating who do you know that's ever been able to single date and withstand the passion they did they're in the minority like the 1% 99% fornicate many are adulterating Samson said, hey, mom and dad, you see a girl over there? I want to marry her. Go and arrange it. Arrange marriage. Getting permission before you marry. Does anybody do that anymore? Kind of old-fashioned. Uh, I did, though, almost eight years ago, 2016. I said, I have done it the wrong way up till now. And it has not ended well. I was a eunuch for 4.4 years. I said, dear God, it's getting hard. You did not create man to be alone. You did not create the Omega Man to be alone. Yet I've been alone for 4.4 years. I remember. January 2012 to 2016 was four years. And then it would be April before I came over to meet my bride. And when I met her, I met her. We flew up to uh, Jakarta the next day. And immediately um, I got into a hotel room. She stayed with her parents. 
and they got me a taxi and they had to come over and uh, she picked me up actually and then we went over to meet her dead wasn't just dead mom but it was brother sisters cousins there was a lot of people in there 15 or 20 all sitting on the floor waiting for me didn't speak English there was one that interpreted for me and uh, had to ask permission to marry her then on top of that ask permission to uh, have marriage in a church and not do the batak ceremony which is one of the longest marriage ceremonies in the world seven hours and has some occultic traditions in that tribe although they're Christians we had to make the case that you know to her mom and dad you know you're Christians we can't be doing the batak ceremony there's rituals in there that are not of God we want God to bless us and he wasn't happy with that because they're traditionalists but he finally consented and then we were married uh, Friday came to this country on a Monday got married on the 29th Friday I said I'm not going to make it dating just won't work out this time I said I'm going to do what they did in the old days and when I knew I knew uh, in my heart this was the one just knew it instantly just felt it met her in the chat room went over to look at her Facebook profile is this a pretty girl where's she at Indonesia hmm, where's, where's that we were chatting I said you're single right do you have any children no do you smoke no, I gave that up two years ago you're a believer, of course. I see you go to church. You think about deliverance. And I put on my list, God, i got to find a woman who's a believer, filled with the Holy Spirit, and will accept deliverance ministry. And then I uh, started a dialogue with her. It wasn't long. So let's get married. I want to have four kids. How about you? <laughs> Three kids, four kids. Everybody thought I was crazy. I had four ministers call me, trying to talk me out of it. Thought I'd lost my mind. But they didn't know it was my destiny. And I remembered back to how Isaac had gotten married. His father, Abraham, had sent a servant to find back uh, from their hometown in the kinfolk a uh, wife for Isaac. And servant went over there and got a sign from the Lord that was the right one and brought her back and brought her back on a, I guess a mule or a horse or a camel I don't know what it was and he hadn't seen her before dated her they got married first sight arranged marriages Jacob with Rachel he got her sister as part of the deal. David, he just met Nabal a few days prior, two weeks prior, knew she was a a godly woman of great virtue. Now she's a widow. She's eligible to be married. Said, jump on my mule. Let's go.
She arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth after she'd been told by her servants, by the servants of David, that he wants to marry her. She had to make that decision and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Wow! What a humble lady. And Abigail hasted and arose and rode upon an ass. There we go. With five damsels of hers that went after her. So she had some assistance. And she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Abinoam of Jezreel. And they were also both of them his wives. And Saul, but Saul had given Michal his daughter, David's wife, to Falti, the son of Laish, which was of Galim. Wow. We're going to end right there. But it does remind me of a song. Here we go. Feel free to sing along. Now that was my introduction. Every song needs an introduction before you get to the first big verse. And this is my first big verse. The Lord has been so good to me, I don't know what to do. There's so much joy within me, I feel it through and through. It's bubbling up inside of me, I've got to let it out. So hold my mule, I shout. Hold my mule, big verse. Sometimes I get so tired of walking here behind this plow. But then I get to thinking of where I'm headed now. Why if I had a handkerchief I'd wave it all about. So hold my mule while I shout. Hold my mule while I shout. Well glory. Hold my mule while I shout. Amen. It's time for some rejoicing of that The Lord saved me when I was young, it was eons ago And someday I shall stand before the one who loves me so I'll be so thrilled, I'll be so glad, so happy on that day I'll turn to an angel and say Hold my mule while I shout, well glory Hold my mule while I shout, amen It's time for some rejoicing of that You know, I bet that's what David did. He probably said to somebody, hold my mule while I shall. <laughs> Folks, love and appreciate all of you. Thank you for tuning in today. You know, God's way is always the, the best way. A lot of times we settle and do it our way. A lot of us could say we've paid a high price for a lot of low living. That's very true. In my own life. But praise God, it's not too late. While there's still spirit in the body, there's a grace, there's space and time to repent, ask the Lord to forgive us, and who knows what he may do. He's able to restore. He is a God of second chances many times, although I don't want to take that for granted. 
and you don't either. God is merciful. But if we sin, we need to be quick to repent. David ultimately will sin, big time. But he was quick to repent, and he was sorrowful for what he did. And there was a consequence. I've had consequences in my life when I've disobeyed the Lord. How about you? And, you know, I'm sorrowful. But we live and learn. Hopefully we realize, you know what? It truly is better to obey than to sin than have to come back and repent because God would prefer that we'd obey than to sacrifice. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. That's going to be it. Have a great weekend. I'll get this uploaded for you today. Um, Please check out the website sometime over the weekend. OmegaManRadio.com If you'd like to support this work, if you believe in the mission of Omega Man Radio, here's how you can do it. God bless you. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.